You are listening to the Table Talk with Tidy podcast, episode number 47. And for this week's show, I have a very thought-provoking conversation with my girl, Portia Carter. In 2016, right after graduating from Tennessee State University, Portia hopped in her car with $400 and drove across the country to Los Angeles to pursue her dreams. Portia not only went from practically being homeless and unemployed, but she's gone on to now having a place to call home and working her dream job at the Television Academy. Much more on her journey in today's show. Welcome to Table Talk with Tati, a podcast for millennials where we bring real life topics on the table for real talk. I am your host, Natasha Toddy Weston, lifestyle entrepreneur and three times best-selling author. I'm a sucker for business, branding, and self-development, but I created this space to escape from the worlds we create for ourselves on the daily. Table Talk with Toddy is the epitome of having the girl next door right in your back pocket, so kick back, pour up, and join me each week for real talk, current events, and powerful conversations about life, business, and all that other ish. So thank you so much, Portia, for coming on the show today. I am super excited to chat with you and introduce you to the listeners. Thank you for having me. I'm, girl, (laughs) I'm excited to chat with you, okay? You just don't know. (laughs) Awesome. I've been like, listen, normally at the beginning, of um, the year, I make a list of people who I want to bring on the show because I don't normally just kind of like oh, bring anybody damn. on. Jeez. I like to bring people on the show who I've stumbled across, who I feel like they've touched my life in a way, and I know they'll touch the listeners. And so you are definitely one of the people I can now check off. So, oh my I'm gosh, like, I'm so I'm excited just... to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just honored to even be thought of at the beginning of the year. Like, who does that? <laughs> Girl, yes. So, let's, this so is a perfect amazing. place um, to start the conversation because I want to tell the listeners about the day that I actually found you. So, it was July 11th, 2017, and I know because wow. I went on Instagram and I checked my DMs because I reached out to you the same exact day that I found you. Really? So, yes. Did I, hold on. Did I say something back? Yes, you responded right back. You were very helpful. Um, So, yeah, so I guess this is your first time hearing this, too. So, anyway, so I don't know if you guys listening know, but L.A. is, like, my dream place to live. California has been on my vision board since I was a little girl. And so last year is so possible. Yes. So last year I started to actively take the steps towards, you know, finding out what it would take to relocate to L.A., So, of course, you know, I go to my best friend, YouTube University, and I stumble across the video blog that you did last year called Moving to L.A., and I immediately connected with your story, your spirit, and similar to your story in 2010, I had taken an extremely large leap of faith, and I hopped on the train to New York City, one way, by the way, 
to pursue a career in fashion styling. And um, I read somewhere online when I was doing research on you that you interned for BET. I've interned for BET. And so we had so much in common, it was almost scary. So I know your story and your background (laughs) a little bit. So Portia, for the listeners who don't know your background and how you ended up in L.A., let's fill them in just a little bit. Okay. Oh, you want to know something? I forgot I worked for BET. <laughs> yeah, I read it somewhere. I don't remember if it was on I LinkedIn really or somewhere. That. Well, I yeah. had the BET Awards. But, yeah, I'm going to get into that experience. So, um, I'm, you know, from Detroit, when I was 18, I actually moved away for college. So, this is what happened. I always knew that I wanted to be a talk show host. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go to the best schools. I'm going to do everything right. And so my immediate thing was to get to L.A. firsthand straight out of high school. And, girl, I applied to USC, and they did not accept me. <laughs> they did not accept me. So I was just like, oh, okay, so y'all on that. So I'm going to go to an HBCU. So I applied right. to only three HBCUs, though. I did Tennessee State, Howard, and Clark at Atlanta. And what happened was I had friends that had went to Tennessee State on the uh, – black college tour and they were like that was their favorite school on the black college tour and i'm just like oh, okay so my friends had hyped me up like you know she was good and so then i was like okay well since i can't go to usc i'm just gonna do whatever oprah did to get to where she at and so i'm like let me follow in her footsteps and i'm you know like i know she went to tsu and it's crazy because tsu was the first school to accept me I did get accepted into Howard and Clark, but TSU hit me up first. Like, hey, you're good here. So I went there. um, I did basically everything she did. I got into radio. I worked in – I was a student in the same department that she was in in mass communications. Um, I took a a few little acting classes there, but I did, like, all rounds. I learned how to produce, direct, shoot, write, edit. I became the – operations manager of the radio station my sophomore year I produced like about a good three radio shows while I was there and then my junior year I was general manager of the television station and so my junior year actually turned into a senior year because what I did was I graduated a semester early and so I did that transfer and in my last semester there I actually did my own talk show and so I'm like okay I'm doing my own talk show I'm preparing everything for LA and then that Excuse me, that summer I went and um, I interned at the news station that Oprah worked at while she lived in Nashville at um, News Channel 5. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and so I'm just like, okay, so next is LA. It got to be next. So. Right. <laughs> so I was like, what's next? So I graduated college, and girl, I was, I, I like had all the confirmation in the world that I need to be in LA to take that leap of faith. Like, pastors, sermons, everything I was watching on YouTube, everything was saying, do it, girl. And, girl, I went to Atlanta because I was scared. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. You know, I ain't really got nothing. And it's crazy because, actually, that um, same year, the springtime when I was still a junior, Taraji P. Henson came to our school because we do, like, these lecture series with different um, famous people. And so she came and... She was literally, like, when she went to L.A., like, she was, like, to get to L.A., all you need is a car and a dream. And I was wow. just, like, okay, I got, I got that. 
<laughs> I got a car and I got a dream. And mm. so I'm like, well, all I need is my car and my dream. I'm good. So when I packed up my um, college apartment, everything fit in my car. I'm like, oh, that's confirmation right there. I need to just go ahead and drive there. Right. And so, but I was still scared. I went to Atlanta. I did Atlanta for like a month and a half. And then, girl, I had ended up watching a sermon one day. Uh, it was mm. by Priscilla Shire. I forgot the title of it. But I remember she was talking, because I was like, I was scared because I'm like, I ain't got this, I ain't got that. But she was talking about the story of Gideon in the Bible. I think it's in Judges chapter 7. And she was like, you know, Gideon was about to fight the uh, Amorites, right? And so they're about to fight, and they have like thousands and thousands and thousands of, uh, they got like 14,000 soldiers. And Gideon only had 3,000. And then God went to Gideon and told him, to release more of his soldiers and only keep 300. He like 300 against they 14,000. We're going to die. <laughs> and so, and God was like, no, I'm doing this for my glory. I don't care what's in your hand. It's all about what's in my hand. I'm doing this for my glory so that you won't be able to say that you did this on your own. Right. And so that was the thing for me. I'm just like, oh, okay. So you don't care what I got in my hand. You want me to do this for your glory. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at that moment, that's when I made the decision. And I think that was like, um, that was like the beginning of February of 2016. Um, cause yeah. Cause I had just came out in December 15. I went to Atlanta then. Yeah. That was like February 2nd, I believe mm-hmm. of, um, 2016, and then so I got in my car that next week, and I drove to LA. And I mm-hmm. arrived in LA. It took me like two weeks because I stopped up along in Texas. I stopped in um, I stopped in uh Arizona. But then when I got to LA, it was February 22nd, 2016. So I have been here two years now, and I can tell you, the first two years was like, well, the first year and a half was just like. Jesus, how am I going to make it? It was it was really hard. I struggled a lot with homelessness. And, girl, that car in a dream life, I lost my car. It was repossessed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to keep it anymore. It was just because it, it's expensive out here, and it's just like it's easy to get a job, but not the job you want. So I had been applying mm-hmm. to every single thing. I was going out on interviews every single day. I was just like, Lord, how are we going to do this, girl? And yeah. so – yeah, it it wow. you know, it worked out now, but in the time of me going through it for that year and a half, I was really going through and I was just struggling with like, how am I gonna make this work? But you wanna know something within that year and a half of me going through, I was able to actually, you know, be featured on a TV show. I actually got into acting. I didn't know how how I did that. And then, right. you know, I got that job working for B- the BET Awards that summer. And mm-hmm. so that was amazing because, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I dreamed of being there. You know, a little girl from Detroit, she's just like, how am I get to L.A. and be at the BET Awards? It's girl, listen, so, we got too much in common. <laughs> girl, and, and so I, I did all of that. And two years later, I now have my own apartment. Um, yeah. Well, I, I share it with a roommate, but we... It's, it feels like our own apartment still. Like, it's, right. it's two-bedroom, two-bath, dual masters. So it's not like we, you know, are, like, sharing an apartment. We really have our own spaces. So, And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm just excited. I work at the Television Academy, which is the office for the Emmy. And then not only that, I am now a TV host for After Buzz TV Networks. 
Yes. So, so that kind of brings me into another question, and, and it's one that people ask me a lot when I kind of tell them a lot of the ups and downs of just being an entrepreneur in general. And, you know, it's like life never stops happening no matter never what season you're in. It's never always going to be good, and it's never always going to be bad. But a lot of people like to ask, well, what do you do while you wait? What do you do while, I know in a lot of your videos, you talk about the importance of having patience to do the process. And so you mentioned a few minutes ago how while you were going through that first year and a half of the two years you've been there, how you still got a lot of great opportunities. You were still able to learn. You were still able to grow and elevate. So that kind of brings me to my next question. What do you do while you wait? Like while people tell you to be patient, what what would you advise someone who is relocating or trying to move to a new city or start over? What do you advise they do while they wait? So it all depends on the goal that they're headed to. Mm-hmm. And I can speak from my from my point of view. Um, my goal is to, you know, have an internationally syndicated talk show on somebody's network. Even if even if it's mine, on somebody's network. Right. And so because I'm in a waiting period to actually quote unquote make it, I'm doing what I can as far as putting on my own production. I am um I created a show last year, even during my homelessness, in the midst of my homelessness and carlessness and and unemployment, I produced, wrote, and shot a full seven-episode talk show. And it's called Kingdom Talk, and it's perfectly going to be coming out this year. We definitely are still in post, but I, you know, was still able to put on my own creation. So I feel like you do what you can in the midst. Yes, you're waiting on God for your magical moment or your next highlight or whatever it is that he has for you. But in that meantime, you do what you can toward whatever goal you have. So say, you know, say, for instance, for a guy who wants to be, you know, a a basketball player in the NBA or something and wants to move to a new city to do it. He moves to that city. You'll be in that gym. You have a ball in your hands. 24-7, okay? (laughs) Do what you can. Practice makes progress. Yes. It makes progress. Say that again. And practice makes progress. So you you do whatever it is in your power, and you just let God do the rest. I promise you, if you take an inch, he's going to take the mile because he sees that you really want it. And, yes, we're still waiting, but, the the process of waiting is is growing you, it's helping you, it's showing you things because in waiting is trials and tribulation. And if you can overcome those trials and tribulations, then you can stand firm in whatever it is that comes your way that may be in your highlights. Because the highlight, it I promise you, the higher you go, the the more the warfare. The higher, the higher you go, the, the thinner the air. And you got to learn how to breathe. If you don't know how to breathe on level ground, then how you going to breathe when you in a skyscraper? Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah, it's just, you know, owning on your gifts, researching whatever you need to research, whether it's through entrepreneurship, whether it's through entertainment of the art, whatever it is that you want to do, do what you can in the meantime while you wait. Exactly. I totally agree with that. And I'm, I'm a strong believer. Like, one of my favorite quotes is, like, 
the quote that says, do what you can with what you have where you are. That's been my motto for the last 10 years. Yeah. And I live by it. Because you need that like, practice. Yeah. Ain't nobody yeah, going exactly. to hand you something. They be like, okay, nope. have you done this before? No. If you want to do exactly. this, you want to be doing it. Exactly. It's like, you know, build your resume before someone gives you an opportunity. And nowadays, it's really not, you know, people always say, well, I want my own radio show. And I'm like, well, do you have a podcast? Well, I want to have my own talk show one day. Well, do you have a YouTube channel? There's so many accessible things that we have in our hands. As long as you have like a smartphone and some Wi-Fi on it, you should be able to Good do to a go. lot of things in the meantime. <laughs> so anything else to me is really merely just an excuse. Um and so I wanted to ask you that because that's a question that a lot of the listeners um, ask me from time to time. So in your most recent series on YouTube, and by the way, if you guys have not checked out Portia's YouTube channel, go check it out. All you got to do oh, is go to hey. YouTube and type in her name, and I'm telling y'all it will bless you. Like, it has literally blessed me. So she well, has a recent you. YouTube series now. You're welcome, called Life in L.A., and she mentioned, you know, for the first year and a half, again, after two years being in L.A., she was homeless. And when I first heard this portion of her story, it was kind of like a sigh of relief, like, wow, I'm not the only one that has gone through, you know, experiencing some level of homelessness. And that's because nowadays everybody shares the good stuff. Nobody really talks about the real, like, the nitty-gritty struggle of trying to make it or trying to pursue a dream, we kind of hear about the behind-the-scenes in the gutter when they've made it. So we don't really hear about it. You know, nowadays, transparency is becoming more popular, but it was just really a sigh of relief for me to hear it because, well, this is my first time sharing this publicly. I would, you know, I've been almost homeless a whole lot in the last eight years. But I was actually um, homeless three days after my son Tyler was born in 2014. What? Three days after. As a matter of fact, when I was in the hospital, I knew that I had to get out of the place I was staying at because I was back on rent. I was working for a temp agency at the local bank and the department I worked in, our department actually was moving to a new city. And, of course, temps were the first to get cut. So I wow. right, I didn't have a job going into maternity leave. So anyway, long story short, three days after he was born, I'm lifting stuff and trying to get out of this apartment. Had to move into a hotel for a few days before God blessed us with a new place to live. And so like you, you know, at that time, I didn't quite trust the process at the time I was going through it, you know, because it's hard yeah, it's to hard. see. It's hard to see so hard. how he's going to make a way when you're actually going through it. And so nowadays with transparency and authenticity being, you know, so widely recommended, everybody's telling you to do it, it's still very hard to do. So do you think that it's important to share our experiences while we're going through life flows, or do you believe that we should go through it and have a testimony before we start sharing it? What do you think about that? Honestly, while I was going through my mm-hmm. homeless journey, I was still sharing it. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't think I was as transparent as I was when it was over. Because when mm-hmm. it was over and when I, you know, started this Life in L.A. series on YouTube, I'm just like, oh, like, I'm just about to tell everything, you know, because yep. <laughs> I just went through, okay? Yep. But while I'm going through it, um, 
if I'm just being real, it is so hard to be honest about what you're going through to people because you don't want people looking at you crazy. You don't want them thinking less of you and you want people to take you serious in life. And sometimes you look at yourself like, how can they take me serious? And I ain't even got nowhere to live. Like how can, you know, they expect me to play this part of an amazing person and I'm homeless. Like, it was tough. And that's really, you know, a tough situation. Like, when you are going through something and it's like, do I share or do I not? I feel like while you're going through it, to use wisdom with who you share it to. Because even though I was sharing, I wasn't, like, basically saying it plain as day. I was just letting people know, like, all right, I'm going through something, you know, (laughs) like, because you have to use wisdom with who you share stuff with, because while you're going through something, that is such a test to where if you're not girded up with yourself and the people around you, then it's going to be an even harder battle because you never Mm -hmm. know who's praying for your downfall. You never know where your enemies are or you know, who could be snaking behind your back. So you just telling the whole world, you know, all of your go-through business is just like somebody's going to be happy that you're going through. Somebody's yeah. going to be happy that they feel like, oh, okay, she ain't going to make it, so sure, let me uh, push forward in this. Like, let mm-hmm. me be happy about that. So definitely use wisdom of who you're sharing, why you're going through, but it is so imperative that once you come out, you tell that testimony and you tell that testimony because you learned a lesson that somebody else is going to need. And once you make yourself vocal of, about your testimony, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. Mm-hmm. And if, if I can overcome this thing and then I share it with you and you're going through, whether you're going through, whether I know you're going through or not, Something that I say is going to be able to help you. I don't have to know exactly what it is that's bothering you. I don't have to know every situation that you have facing at home. But I do know whatever I say in this moment is going to bless you and help you in some kind of way with whatever situation you got going on. It don't even have to be the same thing. It don't even have to line up. But you want to be able to grasp hold of something from my testimony that will work for you. Yes. Absolutely. And I and I do believe that God knows who to allow to go through certain things because he knows everybody yeah. can't. And nah. if he allows you to make it through something like homelessness and instability, I feel like it's our job. We owe it to him to share. And so, um, you know, I just think, and I wanted to get your opinion on that because, um, you know, I'm one of those people, like you said, I... You know, it's hard to share while you're going through because you feel like, you know, if you're almost homeless or homeless or going through something like that, it dilutes your effectiveness. You feel like people will not get what they can get from you because they're looking at what you're going through. So it's always going to be a challenge. But I like what you said about using wisdom and who you share with and how you share. Um, Because at the end of the day, when you do share your testimony, it's going to help somebody, even if their situation is not mirrored to yours exactly. So I love what you said about that. So stability is something that you and I both struggle with. It's something that you talk about a lot in your document, documenting on YouTube. You know, you slept from couch to couch at different friends' house for 
a great majority, I think you said, in 2017, which made me think about how important it really is to have a stable support system. So I know for you going out to L.A., did you already have that support system out there, or did this come as a result of relationships that you built once you were out there? And what would you say are, like, some qualities to look for in someone who would be a part of a stable support system? I honestly didn't have anything when I came here. So what happened was um, I hit my dad up like, hey, do you have some people in L.A.? And so um, I had a cousin in Orange County that he knew of. And then I had um, a great aunt in Culver City. And so um, I didn't know my great aunt yet either. But And I didn't know the cousin either. I didn't know anybody. So when I went out, when I was going out there, I'm like, so we got to find some phone numbers or what? I, I think I found her on Facebook. And I'm just like, hey, my daddy said you my cousin. Um, I'm coming out to L.A. You know, can I stay with you for a little bit? And she was just like, yeah, cool. So that was crazy. I, I went out to, um, I got to Orange County first. I stayed with her for two weeks. And then she was like, you know, my roommate, moved. Not, you know, basically a situation. I couldn't stay there. And right. it's crazy because literally when she said that, I think that was like a Thursday or something. But that Sunday I had just met somebody at church and, I'm I'm a real, like, outgoing person. I'm very extroverted. So, like, I meet people and I talk to them, and we hit it off from there. And, you know, her spirit was, her spirit was so welcoming. And I just was honest with her. I'm like, hey, can I come over to your house tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and I had just met her on Sunday. And mm-hmm. from then on, that's how I was getting around. I was meeting people. Um, befriending them and no I wasn't using anybody and of course I wasn't like making this my agenda but it just so happened that you know some of the genuine people that let me you know sleep on their couch were actually friends that I still have to this day people that I still talk to to this day and it wasn't like uh, um, I'm just befriending people to go stay on their couch and blase blase like and then even um even last year when I had to do some couch hopping, like the last couch I stayed at, I paid for that. Like right. I paid for the couch. I paid for all the couches I stayed in, whether it was for, um, whether it was cheap or, or not. Like I made sure that I was contributing to the friends who allowed me to be in their home because I had a roof over my head. And even if I didn't have nothing, I gave all of me that I could give. Mm-hmm. And finding people to have like a, a great support system, honestly, for me, it was really all about like, um, I would say, I guess testing people's spirits. Yeah. I'm a real, I'm a real vibey type of person. Like I, I see y'all vibes and I read vibes real well. Like if you're around me and, and your whole vibe is negative or your whole vibe is just like rubbing me like the wrong way, I, I know from then on, I won't be able to tell you my business. I won't be able mm-hmm. to trust you. I won't be able to even, you know, ask you for anything. But after, if, if it's the opposite, and, you know, your your spirit feels nice and welcoming. If your vibe is just like, you know, hey, we can sit down and have a conversation, then let's sit down and have a conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, well, during the conversation, I go by uh, moral, uh, the values that they hold, um, 
I I talk about any and everything. Like I ask questions, thousands of questions, just to be, just to just take a look into people's mindsets because everybody's mindset isn't the same. And I find like-minded people. That's what I do. So if we're, you know, vibing together and, you know, we both walking down the street and we walk past a homeless person and both of us want to, you know, hand them a, a dollar or something, then I'm like, oh, okay, they like-minded. And not necessarily that they always do it, because I don't always do it, but it's just it's just something about having a giving spirit, a giving heart, an energetic, you know, atmosphere around you, somebody who's not dark and, you know, like, depressed, because misery loves company. And yeah. you can encourage somebody all day, but you can't pick them up off, you can't pick their face up off the ground. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I just know, like, what not to be around. I know I kind of ramble with that, but, that means, yeah, yeah, that's just me. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm my answer for that. Though. Like, because I just, I just don't know. I just know how to revive, and I use discernment, too. Okay. I use discernment, mm-hmm. because you you've grown up and you've experienced stuff and you're in a place in life where you know that if somebody says some off the wall stuff that you just can't mess with, then you don't be around them. You can't mess with. Oh yeah. And you won't be able to trust them. And if somebody just do some things that just blows your mind, like only the love of God will be able to be (laughs) acting through this person, then okay, let's talk. Let's see if we can work on a friendship. Right. So yeah, that's that. Wow. Okay, I've got one more question about moving and being in L.A. So you've been in L.A. for two years. So I Mm -hmm. think by now, with all you've gone through, it's safe to say that you can give some pretty sound advice to someone who wants to start over in a new city in the untraditional way. Like, there are some people who move across the country and they've got six months rent in advance, they've got a job lined up, and you were the complete opposite. You had nothing going um, to a new city as all the way across the country. So I feel like you can give some unconventional advice about how do you start over, how do you move to a new city with nothing? Can you give just like three simple pieces of advice that you would tell someone that's interested in doing what you've done? Um, just three things. Just also like anything that if I were to say plus your life, I want to move just three key pieces of advice. Three things. Done. Okay, um, first and foremost, your faith has to be on point. You've got to have faith. Like, if you if you want to do this and you believe that whatever you're pursuing is in God's will, you have to talk to him about it, and you have to have faith and trust in him. Um, number two, got to have a why. you got to have a reason of why you're doing it, and it has to be a good why. It has to dang near be your purpose because if you don't have a why and you don't have a reason, then there's not going to be nothing that keeps you here. I've been here this long, you know, whether I have been homeless or unemployed or whatever. I've been here this long because I had a why and I had a goal. So I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not taking go home. I'm not taking uh, this not going to work for you because I have a why that I'm here. And that why keeps you striving. And um, number three, (laughs) I hate to say this, but you got to have some type of finances. (laughs) Yes. Because yeah. I had a car and $400, and 
that left me with, I'm trying to tell you, you got to have finances. You got to. And I, I say that from experience because I don't want people to go through what I went through. And I literally, you know, just had uh, somebody that I know who actually really close to me move out here with nothing. And it's been hard for me to, um, I guess, try to help them in a way because it's like I've been there. So it kind of hurts to even see this person so close to me having to do what I did, you know? And so I would honestly say you use wisdom and the finances that you bring because it ain't cheap. <laughs> yep. It ain't cheap. And anywhere you move is not going to be cheap. Like everything rising in the U.S. So definitely, um, you know, have that in order, whether yeah. you have a job lined up or have some place to stay or not. Just have, like, have something that you can invest on because yeah. it takes money to make money. If you could, you know, bring $50 and, and flip that into 5000 do it. <laughs> like, yeah. definitely use wisdom with uh, your finances before your move because it's so imperative. Because it's even harder to get to that place and make it happen. And it's taken me, you know, a, a year and a half. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm proud of you. You have definitely oh, thank you. inspired me. Just, just your story in general is just so amazing. So let's switch gears a little bit because I've got a question that I've been dying to ask you. Now, obviously I've been following you for a little over a year. And I remember... When your Instagram bio describes you as a creative under construction. Now, it doesn't say that anymore. Now it says a purpose-driven creative. Can you tell us what that transition is? What's the transition between those two? Okay. So, um, at the time of me, oh, my gosh, the fact that she <laughs> noticed that. Yes. <laughs> there Praise was a transition. the father, okay? Yes. So, uh in that time of me being under construction, I was at this point, and honestly, it was during a rough patch, and I was at this point where I'm just like, you know, am I really supposed to be out here? Did I make the right decision? Is, you know, this, am I really following purpose? I was questioning everything about myself at a, at a dark moment, at a, um, a really tough place. And I think it happened, um, yeah, last year, because it was, it was like that for a while. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, with me questioning all of my gifts and my abilities to even see if that's what I'm supposed to be operating in, then I got to make sure people know that if I tell you I do something and you don't, you you don't think it's up to par, I'm still under construction. <laughs> so if I if I tell you I'm a writer, if I tell you I'm a singer, if I tell you I'm a dancer, if I tell you I'm a model, if I tell you uh, I'm a talk show host, and you just so happen to, you know, want to see some work, and all I got is me talking to you face-to-face right now, I'm under construction. <laughs> So that's what that was about. Wow. That's I think that everybody was about. I was, should read that. Honestly, I was really, it's so genuine. Um, I was really, that's where I was. That's where my headspace was. And I was honestly just trying to 
figure everything out. I was trying to get in the mode to say, all right, Portia, you know who you are. So walk in who you are, walk in your authority, make this happen because you can't and you have the faith to do so. And I was, that was a like pushing myself to actually, you know, believe in myself because I had been going through a rough patch. And, you know, when you in a dark place and you going through and it's so deep to you, it's just like, how can anything look bright? I mean, yeah. I, my, my career even looked, my career looked dark, family looked dark, the, the circle, friends around you, it, everything just be, it's just like, where can you find the positivity when everything around you seems so negative? Right. And, and that's where I was, I was striving to find that. And now it says a purpose driven creative and the word creative, I, I just believe, um, because, okay, so when it said, all these different things about me didn't say creative under destruction. I mean, under construction. Um, I listed all those things because I feel like God gave me all these gifts. And no matter how many he gave me, I'm going to exercise every single one of them. You're not going to be able to put me in a box. You can't just say Portia is just a talk show host. You can't say Portia is just a dancer. You can't say Portia is just an action an actress so when people ask me what I do I am a creative because at the end of the day I will take any single gift that I have and create something out of yes like you're you're gonna get the creativity amen amen (laughs) girl uh, I love it I love it and that's why I call it a creative and right now it says purpose-driven creative because I'm in a place where I believe that I've I've gotten to the place where I actually believe in myself and I believe that you know, what I'm doing is for my purpose and it is going to happen. And so no matter what, nobody's going to get in my way. I will drive past you. I will drive over you. I will drive through you. I am yes. purpose driven. And that's that. Yes. I love it. I love all of it. So one last question. You recently attended the Women Evolve Conference in Denver. Woo! And let me tell you, I was not there physically, but as soon as they put at Woman Evolve TV, I probably was the first person that bought it. And for the last 48 hours, I have been just in a completely different headspace. When I tell you I will not miss it next year, so I saw you went. And I'm curious, it was so much in that those two days. What 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 was the biggest, best thing that you took away from that whole conference? I'm just dying to know. I could not even things. tell you what was Girl. the biggest. I will have to tell you my whole journey in a split second. Like, Girl. first of all, I was supposed to, ooh, God is good. God is so good. I'm so glad you asked me about this because if you've noticed, because I see that you noticed a lot. So if you noticed, after that, I had to get off social media. I haven't been on yes. since women evolved. I, I haven't been get on for days. And I probably, <laughs> I probably won't be back on until September. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but, yes, so, girl, oh, it was life-changing. And so much stuff was fighting me being there. It's crazy. Oh, it's crazy because I'm going to do a video blog about it, too. And okay. so it's, it's – it, you want to know something? It's actually – the one evolving, um, so I have, huh, I think it's called evolving or something. It's in my notes, but that's the last video of 
my uh, Life in L.A. series, but I had already typed out and written out the video before I even went to the conference. But anyway, so, yes, crazy. So I go to this conference. I'm going literally by myself because I was supposed to go with a group of people and they weren't going to go anymore. And so this would happen. A girl has a prayer call every Tuesday, one of my um, friends, and she was just like, oh, well, Portia, you know, um, if you need somewhere to stay, you could stay in my hotel with me. So I'm just like, what? That was all I needed was somewhere to stay there. And so, um, girl, I ended up buying the ticket on that Wednesday. Mind you, the conference started on Friday. I ended up buying the ticket on that Wednesday because I wasn't even going to go anymore. Right. So, girl, I get there. I'm in the the hotel with the speakers. All the speakers, even uh, PT and Sarah and Bishop and them, like, I'm in the hotel with the speakers. It was just like I was getting, you know, service. Like, I was one of the speakers as well just because of the people that I was with. Wow. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was a makeup artist for the weekend. Like, God was really making me use all of my gifts. I was a makeup artist for the weekend. And then that first session, when I walked in there, I just, felt the presence of God. And I Mm. immediately was like, in the spirit, I was crying the whole time. She spoke about being a wild woman and being in a wilderness. And when I tell you that changed my life, because she was just basically like, you're in this wilderness. And she talked about the story in Revelations 12, when the woman had to have a baby in front of a dragon. And that dragon is really all those dark moments. So for me, my dragon would have been that homelessness, that unemployment, the repossession, the uh, strife, the rejection of my career, the me not getting a job, all this stuff, like that's the dragon in front of you. But you still have to birth out what God has placed inside of you. So you have to be able to sustain yourself in that wilderness. And, girl, that was just a lot for me. The breakout sessions that day were amazing. Later that night, girl, Bishop got on the mic on that Friday night. And, you know, everything that he planted in me was like like a seed sown in my heart. So yeah. on the, the the second, the next second and the last day, the second day was the last day, I woke up the next morning. So for the past couple of months, I have been struggling to get out of the bed and worship. It had yeah. been a fight, like, to wake up in the morning and actually, you know, get on my knees and pray to the Father and worship and blah, blah, blah. It had been a struggle. But that next morning when I woke up, I automatically felt the evolving happening in my spirit from the yes. seeds that were planted on the first day. I woke up and immediately, like, fell to my knees. I could not even get up. I tried to get up and go to the bathroom. So I'm in the bathroom, and I'm like, I can't even do anything. Like, I literally had to just turn on my worship music, and I just bawled crying on the floor, like, in worship. And the girl that I was with, she just started praying around the hotel. And it was just like, it has been a struggle for me to wake up and and go immediately into worship. And now it's like my spirit is yearning for it. I'm doing it without question. And that was just amazing for me. And I just didn't know, like, I was on that high all day. And then I walk into, girl, I walk into the um, PT session that first morning, and he is going in about it being the year of the woman. He is going in about it. You know, he talked about Proverbs 31. He talked about everything. And then you want to know something. When he described the Proverbs, he was just like, you know, Solomon and, um, okay, Solomon and somebody else wrote Proverbs. But I know Solomon wrote majority of the Proverbs. Proverbs 31 is about a virtuous woman and a 
a woman wrote it, Bathsheba to be exact. And then he was talking about how, you know, Bathsheba was looked at as like a whoremonger because, you know, she's naked on a patio and she committed, you know, having an affair. She seduced David, basically. Then David got her husband killed. Their first baby died. And so Bathsheba is seen as this woman who has done so much negativity. Then how can she be a light to the world? But this is the same woman who wrote about the virtuous woman in Proverbs mm-hmm. 31. And so he was just affirming us, like, no matter what you did, no matter who you are, no matter any mistake that you have made, you still have the ability to be a virtuous woman. You are a virtuous woman now. And then mm-hmm. he went into um, the scripture in Corinthians where it talks about um, casting down the strongholds and every imagination that sets itself high up above Christ. So when he described strongholds, he was like the strongholds in your mind come from back in the garden when the serpent asked Eve, you know, hey, did God really say you can't eat this fruit? And she was just like, oh, you know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. And then when the serpent knew that she was on the fence and that he could even get in her head, he was like, oh, okay, I'm going to manipulate that. Now I'm going to do more. And that's what made her fall. And that was the fall of man. And so because he built that stronghold in her in her mind. Now she's questioning herself. Now she's wondering. And then now she's living in sin. And he was like, that is a representation of our lives. We have been having strongholds built in our minds from different men and different situations and different things that told us that we weren't enough. And so he got up on that mic. He called his wife up there. He, he grabbed Sarah's hand before Sarah started praying. He got up there and he said, I apologize. For every right. man who has ever hurt you, has for and it was just like, yeah. I we're at the altar, boo hoo, crying like I felt deliverance like never before. Yeah, it was just an amazing experience. And then, you know, I went to the the living single breakout session after that. Beautiful. I don't even have time to even go into that. It was so powerful. And then the last session ended in worship. Yeah, she could not even that. preach because the worship was so thick. She it was so thick. Like I mean, I was the glory of God was heavy in there. Okay, like when she got to her knees, we all ran up to the altar and fell to our knees too because she couldn't even preach. First of all, they were playing a video before every main session. They would play a video, and the video would you know introduce that the speaker, and it would also show us what we have done so far, the sessions we've been to, the things that we've done. So this is the last session. And so this video was supposed to show us every single thing from that whole weekend. And it got up there and started skipping, wasn't even working. So Sarah went in. She started warring in the spirit. She was just like, "Uh uh-uh, the devil ain't going to make y'all forget how y'all been transformed at this conference. It was just like, and she was like, I just need y'all to take that when y'all go home because just like it's, this video is skipping that's the representation of what the enemy is going to do in your life when you get exactly. home. He's going to make you make stuff start stuttering, making you forget that you were just redeemed, that you have been evolved, that you were just transformed. And I need you to be able to fight that like how you're doing in this moment. And so, girl, she took us there, and it was just like, I didn't know how to come back from that. My life mm-hmm. has been forever changed, and I am mm-hmm. so glad I went. I have been professing to my friends and just telling people like next year I'm gonna be a speaker <laughs> I'm gonna be a speaker at one of the breakout right. sessions I just been claiming yep. it like I'm gonna be a speaker at one of the breakout sessions next year 2019 yep. y'all registered now get y'all tickets let's go yep but you know what when I saw your pictures I said that I said she's gonna be that stage she's standing on 
she's going to be there next year. And I, oh, you know, wow. let me tell you something. I was not there physically, but I feel like I was. And Man, I literally. That's how the thick last, it was. Yes. The last 48 hours, I have literally not been able to do anything but watch. And I've watched it over and over and over again. And really? I, I need those links. Look, I didn't, girl, you know, because <laughs> first yes, of all, I didn't girl. sign up for the, the, the web part because I was going. But right. what I did was I went into every session and just turned on my voice memo and press record. So I've been listening to them over and over. Girl, yes. She's got them all up. I think it, right now it's four ninety nine for the month. And you can watch all of the, the mainstay sessions, not the breakouts, but um, I was able to watch The Wild Woman. I was able to watch the conversation between her and her mom. Um, the oh, my party. gosh. That um, was powerful. I went to that breakout yes. session, too. And it yes. was just like, I went because, you know, um, this is another transparent moment. I am not as close with my mother as I would like to be. And that's just right. honest. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm writing about it, girl. But yes. um, I am... And I went because I'm just like, let me even, let me just see how this even works. Right. And they were up there and it was just so unbelievable. And I'm just like, wow. And then the gems and knowledge and wisdom that Sarita Jakes was dropping. Oh, yeah, I was, was, no I was trying to pull out all my pockets and grab it all. I'm trying <laughs> to receive everything she's talking about. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, Lord Jesus. And then when she got done. And when she got done dropping though. all these gems, Sarah specifically asked her, she said, Mama, can you just give us some words of wisdom? You know, she said to the audience, she said to the audience, can you give them some words of wisdom and can you pray for them and blase, blase. Sarita turns around to Sarah and everything that Sarah just asked her to do for the audience, she did for Sarah instead. Yeah. She gave her so many encouraging words of wisdom, told her how proud she was, told her that if she wasn't her mother, she would be her biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just like, and I'm, we all crying and yeah. all in the audience crying. I'm crying because I'm just like imagining me standing up there, my mother telling me those same words. Yes. And then she prayed for her after, and I'm just receiving it for myself, too, and praying for her, too, girl. It was, right. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a lot. It was so life, tra like life transformation, and that's why I am not on social media right now, because I need to stay in that, like, I'm literally in isolation in my wilderness. Like, the Wild Woman Sermon, I even read the whole the whole chapter of, 12 of revelations just to continue on everything that she didn't read you know like right. i'm literally in my wilderness journey actually wow. and so yeah and, and i started on oh. tuesday and i'm taking 40 days of this and i'm not even getting on social media until the 40 days is up right because wow. i need to be focused girl it's crazy i'm living my whole life by that conference right now i'm so glad you brought I it up because i love talking about it <laughs> Yes, I've been telling everybody about it. I've been checked on my friends the link, like, you got to go watch this. Like, your life's going to change. Like, you, and, like, like seriously, I don't send links for a lot of things, but that I sent a link for. And, it, like, I just, if you're listening and you're a woman, go next year. No question. Go next year. I am going, like, it was just amazing. But anyway, do you have anything coming up that you would like to share with us? Can you tell the listeners how they can keep up with you once you're back on social media? How can we support your journey um, beyond this episode, Portia? 
Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Um, I am on all things social media, internet, YouTube, everything, Portia Carter. That's P-O-R-C-H-I-A, Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R. That's it. Portia Carter, all across the board. Um, I am working on getting Kingdom Talk out, so stay tuned for that. I will be promoting it on my social media platforms once I'm back on social media. And you can actually follow the page, um, Kingdom Talk underscore. So it's just Kingdom Talk underscore, and I'm releasing that talk show this year, so just be looking out for it. That will probably be the only thing that will be getting, um, having post rant on it within the next couple of weeks. Okay. So because that show is coming out pretty soon and it's really just a millennial conversation about millennials who have faith. That that's what it is. And I created the show because shoot, God is one of my favorite topics. And yeah. I feel like as millennials we get to this point where we don't know what to talk about sometimes. And a lot of the stuff we are talking about is just celebrities, news, gossip, other people's mm-hmm. business, you know. And I just feel like let's change the conversation. Let's actually show the world that millennials aren't just a technological, social media savvy generation, that we actually have wisdom and foundation and that we actually have faith and that we actually can, you know, do this thing walking with God. And yeah. even though it may be a struggle for a lot of us, because we, the way the social world and the way society is ran, we have been so, you know, tuned into society the way that it's ran that we don't know how to separate from that. We don't know how to come out of that. So we're doing a lot of things. I wouldn't necessarily call it wrong, but we're doing a lot of things out of the social norm rather than things that we really feel in our heart to do. And like me even coming on social media, it took a lot for me to do that. Like I would still even go on when I was trying to come off, like, because I'm just like, how can I not go on social media? Like, what are people going to say about me that I'm not posting? Like, I'm trying to build a following, like how people, you know, like, just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's stuff like that or or I'm going to be missing what's going on. I feel like I'm out the loop, you know, and yeah. it's just like you don't have to conform to what the world has going on. You can actually be separated in the mind, but still be here. You can actually be e- evolving and elevating to different places and new heights and elevating in your gifts and your physical and your finances and your mental and taking higher heights and deeper depths in, in, in your purpose and not be so attached to what society says you have to be attached to. And that's basically all what Kingdom Talk is about. And I just got a, a group of friends. We just sit on the couch and we talk different topics. And that's it. that. So I'll definitely put that in the description so you guys can check that out. I'll definitely be tuned in and waiting on that. So thank you so much again, Portia, for being here today and sharing Thank your you for story. having me. This is awesome. You're welcome. Your wisdom, your spirit with us. And I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this conversation and for it to bless their lives like it has mine. Yeah. And for those of you listening to the podcast for the first time, you can also check out past episodes at NatashaWeston.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend, review it, subscribe it. And until the next episode, I will talk to you guys soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Candace Nicole Public Relations. Are you tired of not getting the visibility you want and deserve? 
CMPR is here to assist. With over 10 years experience of publicizing brands, businesses, and individuals, they are dedicated to carving out a space just for you in the media and public. Please visit CandaceNicolePR.com for more info and be sure to tell them Toddy sent you.